After three seasons of Indian matchmaking, Netflix has come out with a new show, Jewish Matchmaking. Eliza Ben Shalom grew up in Philadelphia, not quite that Jewish, but married her husband two decades ago, moved to Israel, and became super religious. She has five children and is now a professional matchmaker with over 200 weddings under her belt. Is that right? Yes. That's amazing. Um, she stars in this new hit reality show that dropped in the beginning of May. I'm so excited to have you to Misunderstood. Thank you for joining us, Eliza. Thank you for having me. So where have you been? Where are you coming from? Uh, flew in yesterday from Israel uh -huh. uh, here in New York for a couple days and then heading to Philly to do some events and then coming back next week to New, to New York to do mm -hmm. a big event. Amazing. Okay, so did I get that whole intro right? Did you grow up in the United States? Yes. Tell me about that and, and how you met your husband. So I was born and raised in Philadelphia. Uh, I'm the oldest of three children. And my husband and I met at a Jewish singles retreat. Uh, it was down in Orlando. We left the retreat. We were each dating other people. Oh, wow. Then we broke up. A couple months later, we started dating. You're, you're not going to believe this. We <laughs> dated for three weeks. We got engaged. And four months later, we got married. And 20 years later, we're still married. Wow. Well, how did you know that quick? Right. That's the big question. How do you have clarity and how do you know that it's your person? Mm -hmm. So that, to me, that's like the essence of the work that I do is is knowing who your person is. Mm -hmm. So I have different criteria that I run people through. We want to know the qualities that they're looking for, the personality that they want. We want to know about the fears, the things that trigger them, mm -hmm. or the things that they really value. That's what's very important to them. And we need to measure that against what works for us. Who am I? What do I want? Who are you? And how do you match or mismatch me? Right. And and by going through a whole process of what I would call soulmate clarity, which is my signature program for how you know, that's how people tune into, you know, the messages, what my head is thinking, what my heart is feeling. But it's it's things you can't see. Right. You can't see your thinking. You can't see your feelings. You can experience them, but to visually represent it, to understand what's going on in your relationship and make a decision, yes, you're my person, no, you're not, it's very difficult to do. So I have a system that you can actually see what that like you, you can see your thinking right that's amazing so I have so many questions about that but first how did you get into matchmaking I think I was always a networker a connector a bridge between people mm -hmm. and I grew up secular and so in in the beginning I would just try to set up my friends it was kind of just something that came very naturally and intuitively to mm -hmm. me and then when when I became observant in my mid-20s I had two little kids at home and I started out as a matchmaker on an online dating website and the the website only has matchmakers. Mm -hmm. And on that website, you can just be set up by a matchmaker or you just sit and wait. There's no swiping. You don't look for yourself. And so I started to set people up that way. And I was like, oh, this is, this is good. This is fun. And then I would call them. I would coach them. I would mentor them. For me, it was a whole process. It wasn't just being what I would call an introducer and sticking two people together and going, whoop, I hope for the best, right. but actually helping them navigate their relationship. How do you get that pool of people? Because I've had matchmakers come to me before and the reason I've always been hesitant is because I know that people that are men, let's say, that are going to the matchmaker pretty much are single for a reason, right? You know, <laughs> they, they and they have probably not fixed those patterns. And the reason why I may be still single is because I haven't fixed the right patterns or I ha and I haven't found the right person. But, you know, when people are going to you and telling you what they want, isn't that sort of part of the problem because a lot of us have a bad picker. I know I have a bad picker. So like, how would you know when to kind of not look at what they're telling you and when you know better? 
You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a hard balance, right? My mm-hmm. internal judgment, my gut instinct. I, I like your language of like a bad picker mm-hmm. versus having somebody else make a decision for you. Yeah. So I first want to say, I don't think that anybody going to a matchmaker or looking for somebody in the world themselves, there's something wrong. Everybody has stuff, right? We've got the good stuff. Yay, that's what we love about each other. We've got the other stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that you're like, hmm, okay, I'll take it. It comes with. It's not what I love. Yeah. But I don't think that inherently people, you know, this one has a problem. That's their problem. If they fix this, then they can get married. No, we all have our own story. We have our own situation. Mm -hmm. And either my story is going to match and be okay with you, or it's not necessarily going to match and be okay with you. And therefore, I need to just be open to what the possibilities are. So working with a matchmaker, to me, actually levels it up because whatever's been going on, if somebody's not in a good place, will help them to right look better, feel better, think better. If somebody needs therapy or support, they get it. Not from us, but they go outside and get it because we say, hey, you're not in a good place to receive a match. So we want you to be mm-hmm. and let us help you to get there by making a referral and getting you the services you need. So why, for anyone listening, why should somebody use a matchmaker as opposed to going going online and figuring it out themselves. We're in like this swipe culture that everybody is online now. I don't really go to bars and sit around and wait to meet people. Um, And, you know, for me, I like online dating because you can tell if you have chemistry without knowing if you have chemistry with what they look like. I really love if somebody gives good phone or gives good text is what I like to say, right? Because then you can see if they banter with you, if they're available, if they're real, if they get your humor. Um, And I think it's great to kind of fall for the personality before you see if you're annoyed with the way they hold their fork. I love that. (laughs) You do? Okay. Um, So I love online dating. It works for me. But I'm single. So it doesn't completely work because as you say in your show, um, you know, all the people you date are not working until you find your one, right? Right. So it's obviously not working for me. So tell people why you think a matchmaker is better than us looking ourselves. Well, I'm not sure all the time that you need a matchmaker. You need somebody to be the matchmaker, but do you need a professional matchmaker is the question. Mm. So we also have things like a course called Be Your Own Matchmaker, which hmm. means how about if I just teach you everything that I know, right? You you maybe you say you have a bad picker, right? But what if I could help you to actually have a good picker? If I could give you two or three tips or ways of identifying your person. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like having the database, the Rolodex, you know, your apps, whatever you're doing. Right. But if you knew how to search with my eyes, you'd mm-hmm. probably get better results. And then you might not need to work with me. You can be your own matchmaker. Right. Somebody would want and need a matchmaker when they don't want to do it themselves. It's like a headhunter. Like, I could get myself a job, but I'm tired. I don't want to put out my dating profile. I don't want to swipe. I have dating fatigue. It's annoying. The whole process is irritating. It's like a second job, which it is. And I just don't want to do it anymore. Somebody just do me a favor. You know what? Let me have my matchmaker who's my PR person. You send me on a date, right? right? I'll get ready and I'll show up and you do all the effort. So when you don't want to do the effort on your own, hire a matchmaker. If you're a DIY, I can handle it. Then we'll teach you how to be your own matchmaker and give you better better tools and skills. Right. Got it. Okay. So for the people that are in new relationships right now, what would you say are the signs of a successful one? A successful relationship is when we have, yes, we need good chemistry. We need to have our values aligned. What I want, what you want, we're heading in a similar direction and there's enough of a match that's there. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure, especially that 
whatever's going on for me internally, my fears, the things that bother me about you, we're all gonna be triggered, right? But if we're gonna talk about a trigger meter, so we want you to be at low or a tolerable level, but you can't be highly triggered. So you know those relationships are together and like, we love each other, but we love to hate each other. And 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 they like banter, but they fight all the time. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know if you should be together. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You should probably break up. You don't, either that or you should get better skills for communicating with your partner. Mm -hmm. And when we do those things, then we can elevate our relationship. But if you're spiking out, it's not a healthy relationship. What have you found in all the um, time you've spent with couples or individuals as well? What are the like two biggest qualities people are looking for in a relationship? A lot of people want respect. Mm -hmm. I want to be respected for who I am. I want you to understand who I am. I want you to, it all goes also around connecting to me. Like a part of respect is all tied into that. And the other thing is that people make an effort and they want to receive effort from the other side. So not that it's one for one because relationships don't work that way. But in Judaism, we know that The root of the word love in Hebrew, ahava, is to give. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, but my partner's not giving back to me. Well, sometimes they're giving, but they're not giving in the way that you want to receive. Right. That's a problem. Or sometimes they're really not giving. They're, They're not such a generous human, and it's difficult for them. So I think that giving is at the root of building a relationship, building love, and having it last for a lifetime. Is there a common thing that um, you think holds people back from being in a successful relationship? Like, for example, when I was watching the show, and as I know from, you know, being a human, um, a lot of people are mostly attracted at the beginning to things that maybe they shouldn't be. So they're looking a lot at looks or they have a type that they think is super attractive and it's all about what they think is the chemistry right off the bat. I mean, what do you think about that? I think that we initially look for a match with our eyes. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said, right? Like I wanna have a, a phone or a text conversation. It's almost like the you know pod dating and, and not seeing anybody. And mm-hmm. I just, I wanna connect with your insides and then I wanna see your outsides and come to appreciate who you are. Right. But it takes patience, it takes time. It takes a little bit of tweaking, meaning for me it's gonna be a slow grow sometimes because you might meet somebody in person and you might have fallen in love with the inside and feel deeply connected but on the outside you're going "Eh." yeah (laughs) not not exactly my look not exactly what I wanted like oh there there are people that are more beautiful than you out there maybe I should keep looking Mm -hmm. but if they treat you really well then there aren't people that are going to be more beautiful on the inside and you should consider sticking with them it's so true because I have dated um, men who started as friends for you know like been friends with them for like a year and um, Those are the best, by the way. Yes. You should ha- marry one of them. To have a friend first. <laughs> yes. 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 And because then they know everything about you, right? And they love you and they accept yeah. you for who you are. And right. they, they actually deeply care about you. Yeah. And it's just a matter of leveling the relationship up. Right. And there's like no secrets kind of. You right. know who they've dated. You know right. what they like and what they don't right. like. And they end up, you end up being together. But I dated, you know, people in the past where I've dated them for, a, a, I've been friends with them for a, a long amount of time. And then they become so much more attractive to me. And the reason why I didn't date them at the beginning was because I didn't find them attractive at all. And then all of a sudden, you know, you find that you're like so in love with this person and you don't even see this person that might 
be as ugly as a troll, but like, you know, that doesn't matter at all. They're so beautiful to you and they make right. you feel so good. And it doesn't matter if a supermodel is next to them. Right. That's your person. Right. And that's happened to me where I've really been in love with someone who is not the most attractive person in the room, but just right. makes me feel so good and is so funny or they have great qualities like that. Exactly. I think that's really important. So how did you get on the show? A matchmaker. Really? <laughs> One of my matchmaker colleagues, uh, we were doing webinars and we were doing trainings. We also do trainings for matchmakers and coaches. We were doing singles, online dating events, a lot during Corona. And she calls me and she goes, Aliza, there's this show and casting called me. I don't want to be on it, but we've been doing these videos together and you're good on the spot. They can ask you anything and you just have an answer. You should do it. I gave them your number. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so a matchmaker made the match. And were you hesitant or you're like, yeah, I'm in? I said, I want to know more. Mm -hmm. I want to hear, you know, what's the company and what's the show and what's the angle? What's the direction? When I heard it was about Indian matchmaking, it was the spinoff of mm -hmm. that. And, and it was going to be the Jewish matchmaking show. I had already binged the show and I said, wow, they did that so beautifully. Mm -hmm. The production company, they they do it from a docu-reality style. So yeah. it's really documentary style. They want the truth. They want to know what's going on behind the scenes. But it's still a reality show. And I said, you know what? That's the perfect blend. And there's always an amount of hesitation because everybody has rights to do it. Once you sign on the dotted line, mm -hmm. they could do anything to you. But I knew the intention behind it. Right. And I said, okay, well, if I hold myself to my own standard and I represent myself well and I pray really hard, yeah. I think it's going to turn out well. <laughs> Great. And it did. As I was telling you before Beautiful. we started, I watched the first uh, episode and then binged the seven other ones because <laughs> it was so good. I couldn't stop. And I'm not a full Jew. So it, it it's for anyone who you don't have to be Jewish to be watching it. Um, so did you cast this group yourself or um, was there help from Netflix? So they did a casting, open casting call and took everybody in. And mm -hmm. then, you know, they had their top picks, but they did run ideas by me and said, you know, what do you think and who would you like to work with? Mm -hmm. And so it was a collaborative process. They ultimately make the final decision of who my uh, main clients are that I'm working with. Okay. But in terms of the daters and once I set people up, I could choose from my own database, from anybody in the whole world, and it was just a matter of who was really a good match. Okay, so the people, the couples that we see on the show and the individuals, um, are they all people that you actually picked to be with that Exact right. Person. Right. Okay. So some of them, just for example, Stuart dated Pamela. Mm -hmm. She's a comedian. She does advocacy work. And I had met her like eight years ago at an event. And I was like, you are fabulous. Can I set you up? She's like, I'm not dating now. And I called her back and I was like, okay, now I want to set you up. But can you do it on television? Right. <laughs> and was, she was, was she, she nervous? She was, she said, what? <laughs> and then we dug into it a little bit more. And because, I think because I have a good relationship with people and people know me and they trust me, they say, okay, if you're in and you're the matchmaker, then I'll be in. I believe that if you're doing something, yeah. it's going to be good. It's going to be kosher, so to speak. And I would be proud and happy to be a part of it. Right. Oh, that's great. So you bring up a lot of sort of quotes in your show. Tell me about date them till you hate them. <laughs> First of all, do not misunderstand me, right? Misunderstood. I don't ever want anybody to hate anybody. Mm -hmm. It's just a very loving, playful way to say, give somebody a chance. Mm -hmm. Like you said, let them grow on you. Let me have a phone conversation and connect to the person and the personality before my eyes feast on you because yeah. the eyes are very deceiving. We like what we see. You're always going to see somebody more appealing than you 
whatever you have, even when you get married, it doesn't go away. It's not like you're going to get married and your person will be the most appealing person to you. You will still look around and, and go, hmm. Right. Hot. He's just hot. You know, you're <laughs> st- just just to tell you, you're not going to, that's not going to go away. Yeah. But the value in the person that you have exponentially goes up and it always increases. And you go, wow, loving, supportive, caring, kind partner. This person is by my side. They get me. They know me. They love me. I love them. We've built so much together. Wow. And, yeah. and that, there's nothing more appealing than right. that. And they're, they've, they're like a witness to your life. I love exactly. that concept kind exactly. of. My issue is that I will go out on one date with somebody and if it isn't like sparks and yes. I feel like I've known them forever, I'm like, forget it. I'm not giving right. them a second chance. I'm like a total shredder of men, you know, and I don't, I, I'm not fair. It's really. Are you willing to change I that? Can we work willing. on that? Yes, I would love to work on that with you. But that's definitely my issue that I feel okay. like they're there's no need for a second date. So I loved learning from your show that I really need to give people a chance because of course, how would I know them after two right. hours? That's just and, and maybe for you, starting on the phone or with texting is a good thing because yes. it's kind of like a love is blind thing where we don't see each other. You maybe have seen a photo so you know something, but I would tell you also, don't Google stalk them. Just right. let it be. Get to know the person and see if there's chemistry. And then when you meet them in person and you're like, Woo, it, it throws you for a loop. I've had people that I've worked yeah. with over years and I don't I haven't seen them. I just have virtually spoken to them. And then when I see them in person, my brain actually I'm like, wait, talk. I'm closing my eyes. Talk. Oh, okay. Oh, there you are. Right. And then I open my eyes and I'm like, oh, your face does not look familiar to me. You yeah. don't feel comfortable to me. But right. when I close my eyes, I feel you. I know you. So I would tell you to try that. Okay. Thank you. Um, you also talk in the show about the no touching rule. I'll tell everybody about that. And I'm not going to botch the way you say it. How do you say it? Uh, it's called Shomer Nigia. Okay. And it's about guarding our touch. And I think this gets like a lot of kickback and people are like, what? Because pe- I know what people are doing. They're sleeping with each other on a first, second or a third <laughs> date. And, and that's just what's happening in the world. Yeah. So I, I, I introduce this as a challenge to anybody and to the entire world. And I will challenge you also. You okay. can decide to take it or not. Try dating somebody and tell them, you know, I'm following Elisa's cockamamie crazy little thing. <laughs> and we're not going to touch for five dates. If we still choose to date each other after five dates, whatever happens, Elisa looks away. But try dating and don't touch each other for five dates. Number one, if you like them, you'll still like them after five dates. Mm-hmm. If you restrain and hold yourself back, what happens? Actually, the sexual chemistry and the tension between you builds. Right. So as much as you're drawn to the person on a first, a second, a third date, by the fifth date, if you have not touched them, you're going to be going crazy if it's an excellent match. And what I know is you touched hearts first. Mm. I know you like each other. I know you like the personality. And I know you like what's going on because you didn't touch them. And you stuck around for five dates. And if you don't like them, so why do I have to be touching everybody in the world? Like, you, you don't have access to me. It's kind of like... You know, like you go to a celebrity party and not everybody gets to meet and greet and shake hands. You just like wave from afar and take a photo, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. We meet and greet. And if we have a connection, great. After five dates, if there's something there, I did you a favor because the chemistry that you're going to have on date six... I'm just telling you, it's I, better than any day, too. I get it. But I think, do a lot of women complain to you that, oh, I'm not sure the guy will stay around yeah. that long? I mean, there's yeah. so many Yeah, and do you options. know what all the men tell me? Because I work with tons of men. They're like, if I'm interested, oh, yeah. They go, I would stick around for 10 dates. Wow. 10 dates. They would stay around for any amount of time. If you don't want to do five dates, try three. If you can't handle three, try two. It's a concept, but... 
I'm just telling you, it lures people in yeah. and it draws them in. It also separates the men from the boys and, and the, you know, girls from the women. I if you, you also don't know, how else are you going to gain clarity? Right. Do you know if you like them because you like how they touched you on the inside or on the outside? Mm. I know after five dates, you like both. I know. Got it. I know because you'll you'll end up touching and hopefully that'll work and you'll have already connected personality, values, goals. And if you're not busy touching, you are going to be busy talking. Now, may I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Did you follow that with your husband? I did. Wow. I did. So we date well. So and we had a short in, you know, dating engagement right. here, but we dated for three weeks. We got engaged, and the first time that we touched was under the wedding canopy. After, like, at the end of the Jewish ceremony, you break a glass, and and it's like Mazel Tov! Everybody's so excited. They take the bride and the groom off mm -hmm. to a private room. But just before that, he grabbed my hand. He oh, held my hand. Forget about a first kiss. He held my hand. And I was like, oh. Wow. <laughs> it was a moment. It was a, imagine marrying somebody that you never touched. Everybody, try it before you buy it. No, wow, that's amazing. I love that you're still together. I think that's amazing. Yeah, 20 years. So you talked earlier about the word soulmates. Do you believe in soulmates? Absolutely. A hundred percent. We're a body and we're a soul. Otherwise, what are we? We're just a body in this world. Soulmates in the, in the name of what it is says that we exist more than just where we live today mm. and that there's a connection. Now, do you think everyone only has one? And if they've no. missed out on this one, nope. it's all over? So no. tell me about that. So you can only have one soulmate at a time. Okay. But as long as, like, when you get married, that's your soulmate. In that minute that you decide that you're going to get married, this is your person, you go through the whole ceremony, the end of the ceremony, that is your person, that is your soulmate. Mm -hmm. Before then, they're just a potential soulmate. So if you're dating somebody, you're like, this is my soulmate, we're going to get married. No, actually, the proper language is that it's your potential soulmate. Mm. You choose to get married. In that moment, it is your soulmate. If there's a divorce or somebody passes away or whatever, now your soulmate's no longer here or no longer with you in this world. You can choose to be with somebody else, and then you have another soulmate. Amazing. Okay, I love that idea. Um, who are some of your favorites on the show? I love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me rephrase it. Is there one couple that you're rooting for or you'd like to see? And it doesn't have to be a couple, but was there an individual, too, that was your favorite that you really want to see get I, married? I think the that Shia and Faye, who are the observant Orthodox couple that's yeah. on the show. They were my favorite, by the way. I think everybody is rooting for them. Mm -hmm. First of all, a lot of people said to me, Aliza, I thought this was an Orthodox dating show. Mm -hmm. I said, no, this is a Jewish matchmaking show, and we have Jews from all over but the expectation was that there was going to be a lot of orthodox dating and then there ended up being one orthodox couple and other traditional couples yeah. and so i think people were looking for that moment and they just had a beautiful interaction you could see that there was chemistry that there was playfulness on the screen that there was there was just something there and and to me we were all rooting for them yeah i also liked noah um, I felt like he needs an impressive woman because his mom is a diplomat, right? Is that right? Noah from Israel, right? from yes. Tel Aviv. I really liked him, and um, we don't see at the end if he ends up with the girl. And now I'm forgetting he went on three dates, yes, right? Yes, yes. Um, she was beautiful, but I felt like for him, he needs like a really impressive 
woman or girl. He need, right. He needs somebody who can carry themselves. Mm-hmm. And for me, I met him and I, I got like a little bit of a backstory. You get a little profile, a mini video. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you want me to have a Jewish matchmaking show? And you want, you're like, you know, a mazel tov to come out of this. And you're setting me up with somebody who's like, you know, a party boy, 24, Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah. And I met him and he was so mature in his thinking, in how he presented himself. Mm-hmm. He really leveled up. And I was very impressed by him. But I, I totally agree with you that he needs somebody who can carry herself yeah. because he carries himself very well. That and also because he comes from growing up knowing his mother was so powerful. I think right. you kind of associate right. one with the other. Um, so is there going to be a reunion? Are we going to find out where everybody is today? There will be an update online, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it should come out shortly Okay, good. <laughs> to so give we, you the scoop. We will look for that. Um, what is your advice for people still looking right now? I would love if people would do a reassessment, right? Take a look in the mirror, not who you were, not where you came from. Don't tell me what your mother wants for you or your sister or your best friend. Mm-hmm. Who are you today? What do you really want? And in the next two years, what are you willing to do to make that happen? Mm-hmm. For some people, they're going to say, oh, I've been doing everything. Okay, great. Go on a vacation. You need a break. Other people, they're like, well, I haven't been so serious about it. I really need to focus on it. Great. Focus on it. If you've done a good amount of things, level up. Mm. Online, if you're online, because most people are, the algorithm doesn't recognize you as new because probably your your photo's been there for two or three years or at least two or three months. Mm-hmm. I would tell people to put on new photos every three months. Okay. I would tell them to switch the write-up and the little catchphrase that they say, whatever it is about themselves, switch that approximately every three months, but alternate. So in three months, switch your photo, wait another month and a half or two, switch the write-up. The algorithm then is like, oh, like new information. You almost appear like a new person and then you get promoted a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a techie or anything, but that's what, that's what we been doing and that's what seems to work online Mm -hmm. and if you need support get support either matchmaking or coaching support or be your own matchmaker we can train you how to do exactly what we're doing so that you again level up and that you're really smart about the process so like many people listening i'm on my second act of life i'm not young like a lot of people on your show i'm 48 i've been divorced twice i did i did marry a jewish man so i'm used to the whole hoopah thing and whatever but um i am you know only half jewish i have a kid i have two dogs is it too late for us is there hope no. for someone like me? I, my oldest client was 89 and she oh, found love no way <laughs> yes did she, she get married she they i don't know that they got married but they were dating and they were you know in a, in a, a couple. In a, yeah, they were a couple. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, and so it's never too late. Never, 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 never. As long as you want it, you should go for it. And there's someone for everyone, right? Of course. There's more than one someone you could, there's a lot of people you could pick. Okay, good. I hope that my match is out there listening right now. Um, where can people find you if they want a matchmaker? They can find me at my website at marriagemindedmentor.com. Or if that's too confusing, just do elizabenshalom.com. It'll redirect you and get you there. Um, do you have to be Jewish? Do you, do you, you accept shiksas? <laughs> <laughs> so we work with Jewish uh, clients for the matchmaking piece because our network is strongest there. Mm-hmm. But we collaborate and work with uh, mat- we have over a thousand matchmakers in our in our reach across the world globally, mm-hmm. and we have Jewish and non-Jewish matchmakers. So if you want matchmaking and and we can't support you, then we will refer you out to one of our friends. If you want coaching support or being your own matchmaker, anybody can do that. You don't have to be Jewish for those services. We just we don't have a large enough pool outside of the Jewish network. Right. So we bring in our non-Jewish matchmaking friends. Right. Did you love doing the show? Loved it. It was 
probably the best job ever. Oh, good. Do you think there's going to be a second season? I do. Oh, good. I'm so happy. <laughs> Secretly hoping and praying, but yes, I I I think that I think that there's been a lot of love and a lot of support for the show, mm-hmm. and a lot of people rooting and, and cheering everybody on. Yeah. So, okay. and how I could just, you not fall in love with love? Of course. And I just want to say, like, you do not have to be Jewish to watch the show, no. to like the show. I grew up Presbyterian, even though I'm half Jewish. And I, again, as I said, I binged the whole thing. I thought it was great. You really fall in love with the characters. You're really rooting for them. You can kind of see, like, oh, I can tell what they're doing wrong and <laughs> right, I wish I right. could jump through the TV and like yell at them or shake them or whatever but they're so interesting and um the concept of love and finding the one is you know everyone believes in that you don't have to just be Jewish so exactly. even though it's called Jewish matchmaking I don't want to dissuade anyone from watching it if they're not it's Jewish it's for the world it's yeah, for and everybody it, and it's so educational too because you you're a lot t- of tips. you tell a lot of stuff about the Jewish religion all the religions and how interesting they are and these people are just a great um, a great gamut of, of the whole spectrum there's also a lot of dating tips and tools mm-hmm. that aren't specifically only for Jewish people they're universal Universal dating things. So if you want to know how to date better, date smarter, and get better results, watch, and then you'll see all my all my tips. Exactly. So you can watch Jewish Matchmaking. It's out now on Netflix. It's binge-worthy, so make sure you check it out. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Amy's, 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 Amy's,